Hey, you, dare to think. Y'all ready to get funky? Pizza's great, but it's not the gospel. Welcome to the campus of LCMSU, everyone. I am the Chancellor, Pastor Marcus Zill. Warning, the show might trigger you. You don't love the gospel. Hey, who let the campus pastor loose in the studio again? Zilly Zilly. For the first time here in the Student Union, we have with us the Executive Director of Mission and Ministry for Lutherans for Life, Reverend Michael Seliman. How are you doing today, Michael? Very good, Pastor. How about yourself? I am doing as much as we're able in this uh, kind of craziness that we're experiencing. Doing pretty fantabulous, actually. Enjoying being at home, hunkered down like I usually am. You work out of the home, too, right? That is true, yes, and uh, enjoying some extra time with my family, who has uh, who has also been grounded. Yeah. Dad, your kids, hey, Bob, Dad's been grounded. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been grounded. Go yes. to your room and stay there. But even in the mid... Now, how long have you been serving in this position with Lutherans for Life? Uh, about four and a half years. Okay. Yeah, you came on a little bit. I've been with LCMSU um, for a little over five years. And okay. it was great to have you just a little over a year and a half ago. It was great, to, not quite a year and a half, I guess, at our last conference in Fort Wayne. I think that was your first time uh, being with us, if I recall. And uh, you had a yeah, good experience, it no? It was outstanding, actually. Uh, for, for those who um, would appreciate an outsider's perspective, um, these uh, these young people at our um, non-Concordia universities are some outstanding Lutherans, um, who really take their their faith seriously and putting it into practice in their vocations. They were enthusiastic about the sanctity of life and uh, I think give us a lot of good hope, not just for the future of the church, but for the future of our culture. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, to be fair, we do have a few non, uh, few Concordia students that come. We always wish there would be a few more. There would probably be a smattering of them there. But sure. anyways, I meant to have you on a lot, a, a lot earlier, but uh, in the middle of this whole coronavirus thing you know a lot of sanctity of life issues are actually propping up kind of give us what what kind of things have been kind of in the news lately and then i want to get your take on um how how do you think from your perspective um when we consider the sanctity of life how is it kind of intertwined in the shadow here but what are kind of what's kind of the backdrop of how this is propping up here even in the midst of of uh of the covid 19 craziness it's, i mean there's a lot of sanctity of life related uh, topics or happenings going on. I think it speaks to the fact that um, sanctity of life is enjoying a high profile in our culture right now, generally speaking. Um, but for example, um, we've had states where along with uh, regulations and, and uh, decrees for people to stay home and kind of shelter in place, there's sure. been um, requests for uh, hospitals, doctors, medical centers to suspend um, any non-essential procedures so that all of our resources can be devoted to preventing and treating coronavirus. Uh, the difficulty with that is that uh, in several of those states, they are allowing 
abortion clinics to continue to operate. Wow. Um, so there's a, a, a very uh, interesting debate about whether abortion qualifies as essential health care. And of course, as, as Christians, as Lutherans, we are pretty adamant that abortion doesn't even qualify as health care, much less an essential uh, component of it. And here um, we and have here we have situation where, you know, we joke about this, but people talking about there might be a lot of babies in about nine months, right? Because everybody's kind of grounded at home. You know what? If we're lucky, if we're lucky, I think that's how I think. Honestly, there could be a, a renaissance in our culture of appreciation for children and family. If we were to do that sort of thing, if we if we do see a coronavirus baby boom, children have this way of, of bringing us back around to the things that are really important. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, helping us recall God's grace. So, But yeah, my fear is, my but, fear is, though, the opposite, though, too, that if these abortion clinics remain open and people are, you know, you know, getting pregnant. Yeah. The, you could see a rise in abortions, too, during this time yeah, and, if these the, abortion clinics remain open. There are certainly forces that are pushing for that. Uh, there are some um, some media voices who have yeah. uh, who have talked about relaxing restrictions on chemical abortions. Oh, um, Lord so of mercy. Currently, chemical abortions, um, the, the first pill has to be administered at a uh, at a clinic under the supervision of a doctor because uh, the side effects are, are pretty serious. So there's people, you know, writing magazine articles and blog posts about, well, let's make it so that people can just do this entirely in their own homes, uh, which is very dangerous and irresponsible for a lot of reasons. But yeah, there's that push going on. Another another way in which um, people are trying to capitalize on national consciousness to uh, to affect the sanctity of life. Well, what kind of things, um, I mean, we could talk just a whole show about how this is propping up here and there in society within the midst oh, of this, but what There's kind of suggestions do you have when you think about, you know, supporting life? Um, you know, we, we're in a situation where we're virtually all shut down. We're more or less sheltered in place, even, mm-hmm. even as far as it goes with our life at church. What kind of things can we do to support life in our midst, in our homes, in our communities going forward? Well, I tell you what we what we have is an unprecedented opportunity. Think of it as kind of um, an extended snow day uh, for everybody, you know, where the things that we normally devote ourselves to uh, are shutting down, and that gives us so much time to focus on things that are important. That affects the sanctity of life in in some ways that we don't traditionally think of. So. The sanctity of life is not just related to abortion access and physician-assisted suicide procedures. Sanctity of life is a mindset, it's an attitude, it's an appreciation for the life of everybody around you and the gift that that person is from God. So how can we take advantage of the extra time and opportunity that we have to celebrate community? We have travel restrictions, we have school closings, we have people working from home. That has the potential really... Uh, to connect families and communities in ways that uh, we don't usually have the opportunity to do in our regular daily life. So we can we can lean into our households, you know, play board games, yep. read stories or books out loud to one another, listen to radio programs, even watching movies together is, is spending time in the same space. Uh, let's bake uh, things together with our nuclear family in our home. But there's also things that we can do uh, with people who are not in our own homes. Um, What a great opportunity to reach out to our aging relatives. This is the population of folks who are most at risk 
uh, of infection, letting them know we care by uh, telephone calls, uh, sending them emails. What about a good old-fashioned card through the snail mail? No way. Um, Is that possible right? anymore? Right. <laughs> uh, catch up with old friends that we haven't had time to, to connect with for a while. Well, And you know, um, with, our, with our college students themselves... First of all, none of them like to write cards, but they love to get them. They love to get. I think actual, everybody loves to yeah. get cards, right? So what a perfect time! You're you're bored. You're sitting home. By the way, we've got campus ministries all over the place that are doing online board games, virtual perfect. virtual fire pit gatherings through Google Hangouts. <laughs> you know, what, it and is interesting kind of how stuff. people are longing for community and and using technology. Good, bad, and ugly. It is a first article gift, and it can be a means to uh, to utilize for this kind of community in this time. An absolute blessing directly from God. You know, Pastor, we have an epidemic in our culture right now of what's called deaths of despair. So the suicide rate is through the roof, but also um, people who are medicating themselves to death, substance abuse and dependency, <sighs> because our culture has become so atomized. And what an opportunity we have right now for God to kind of correct some of that for us by slowing us down and forcing us to focus on relationships. Using those technologies now, we're, we're learning maybe some, some habits or some strategies that can persist even after the lockdown is lifted. I think that's great that we have campus ministries where people are staying connected and strengthening those relationships. I think that is the best thing that can come out of this situation uh, it's wonderful. One of uh, the Salvation Army in one of the communities that I used to serve. Um, now, not everything that comes out of the Salvation Army is fantastic, but this idea is great. Um, they call it front porch, and uh, they're mm. encouraging everyone in the community to go out onto their porch between six thirty and seven o'clock in the evening and just wave to your neighbors, converse. How are you doing? Right? We can preserve our social distances. You don't ever have to leave your porch, but. But we're making connections now with people that, sadly, maybe we've never even met, or at least we don't keep up with as much as we could. Well, you know what's uh, and those funny relationships make it, a huge difference. is most of us today aren't very good at, like many of us growing up, I'm 53, I remember the day when you could walk around in your neighborhood and people would be outside and playing kickball right. on the street and whatever, and now we kind of just drive into our little garage, hit the garage door opener, drive our car in and go in our little our own little house is like a little, mm -hmm. you know, it's like a little prison in a way. Wouldn't it be odd if God used this to draw us out? You know, like you see these pictures, these videos of like in Italy, where at a certain time, like you're saying, they start singing the national anthem or somebody's right? playing. I mean, that's just fantastic. It's, that's the best. Well, and I will tell you, my wife and I, um, in order to keep from shriveling up, we've been uh, taking walks in the afternoon outside because sure. that's not forbidden. And uh, there's tons of people out. So just waving and, and saying, hey, where do you live? And and uh, how are you guys doing? Is everyone in your family okay? You know, that kind of stuff. It's fantastic. Uh, that's the one of the the glories of humankind. And I think one of the, the bright spots of America is that God's given us a chance to do that. So we have a chance to find new and innovative ways to be a community. We also have a chance. Um, I know I've been encouraging all of your students that might be listening out there. You have a lot of, uh, you're anxious being at home, wondering what's going on, but think of your friends that maybe either aren't believers or 
mm-hmm. your atheist friends, your agnostic friends, those that are on the fence that you um, might reach out to just to say, hey, I was thinking about you. Sometimes it's not just about having a Google Hangout with people that you just miss seeing uh, from your mm-hmm. church community, but also to take time to reach out to others that maybe you wouldn't who might be, you know, we have the sure and certain hope of the resurrection from the dead and eternal right. life, but a lot of people, you know, are probably... Uh, probably reeling a little bit. Um, Absolutely. Folks are, uh, it's turned the world upside down for people. And, uh, and the opportunities to witness to the faith are endless. Yeah. Because people are facing their own mortality. They're facing, uh, the limitations of the works of the flesh and, and, um, God is, is bringing us into contact with people. Uh, you know, there's a, uh, thanks to this social distancing, there's a lot more, devotionals, um, sermon videos that are online now. And you can uh, pass one of those along if it's been particularly meaningful to you. Um, Just, you know, reach out to somebody and say, hey, I was thinking of you while I was uh, watching this video or listening to this podcast. And and, uh, I thought, you know, you might have some reflections about it. It might be meaningful to you, too. No, that's a great thing to do. Or listening to radio programs like this or Issues Etc. or other quality radio here on KFUO. Right, um, don't just be I am a company Netflix. I am a company man. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. No, but you know what's interesting is people are almost I almost sense people are there's they're so almost God in his infinite wisdom has created a situation that even though we're stuck in our homes and we're on our little machines, people are starting to get sick of their machines. And it's actually beautiful to see. <laughs> I hope that that is the case. I really do. But moving uh, moving because, on real real quick, we I want to I want to touch on a you know when you think about the role in society of how we view this the human body, it's really fascinating because the main pro choice argument is my body don't tell me what to do. Well, now mm-hmm. the government is telling us what to do with our bodies. We have to maintain six month six uh, six uh, feet between our bodies and someone else we have to keep our bodies in a certain place there's all those sorts of things what do you think how do we consider in this this whole idea of our our identity this whole idea of my my body's my my own don't tell me what to do um what can we make of this it's 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 an interesting dynamic to have people telling people what to do with their bodies um yeah, and everybody you know listening it's, to it it's it's brought us back around to kind of um, one of the foundational realities of the way God designed humankind, and that's that my body, my choice is an absolute lie. Mm-hmm. There is no such thing as a personal choice or a private decision. Everything we do affects not just us, but the people around us. And we're seeing that in this context because um, you can't just go wherever you want to go, right? And breathe on whoever you want to breathe on and and uh, gather together with your friends because that's what you want to do because there are other people who are being affected, right? You're exposing other people if you're a carrier of this virus. Um, That's why the social distancing is happening because our bodies are not just our own. And what a great um, realization, right? It can be very discouraging and depressing if, uh, if it really is true that we are in this life alone, but we're not. 
your body is not your own. It belongs to the Heavenly Father who created it. Your body belongs to the incarnate Son who redeemed it. belongs to the Holy Spirit who has called it to be his temple and part of God's household forever. Um, so what we do does affect other people, and those other people are in life together with us. And what a great chance for us to remember and appreciate um, that social distancing actually helps us recall uh, those social connections that are so important. Um, our comfort does not trump everything else. Uh, in this difficult time, uh, we're being placed in sometimes uncomfortable situations uh, because what's most important is uh, our relationships, our shared life together, um, the health of our communities and the well-being of the people around us. And so some of those things that we often don't think about in the way that our life is ordered normally, um, how much we pursue comfort and luxury and indulgence and, and those sorts of things, that's not what our entire identity is about, um, that we have so much more that's wrapped up in, in how we share life with the people around us. Well, I, I, that's very well said. I just I pray that God uses this as a reminder to not only the people of God, but all, all mankind of the, the interconnection of our humanity um, that it's like God is teaching us, you know what, your bodies aren't your own and I'm going to give you a perfect example. And this is going to be a wonderful opportunity for, for messaging and communicating as we hopefully God willing and soon will come, come out of this about how we used our bodies was so instrumental right, the, in, in caring for our neighbor in their time of need. Right, because the person next to you is your neighbor. Right. Right? And the way that Luther explains So is the person in you, right? It's, it's, it's not just um, the person next to me, the person in front of me is not my enemy, not my rival, not even somebody disconnected from me, but all of those people are my neighbors um, to whom I have responsibilities, and those neighbors are also privileges to me, gifts that God has given you know, speaking of gifts, and we talked a little bit about abortion already in the abortion clinics and, you know, mm -hmm. uh, the other danger at the other end of life, um, the elderly, um, they too are gifts. And it seems to me that this, this is a little bit of, if there's a segment of society that's even more fearful, it's, it's many of our elderly, but it's also a place where uh, there's some lot of crazy ideas. We've, we're kind of ripe for for um, you know the decisions that people might have to make at the end of right. life what if we don't have enough medicine what if there's not enough beds or enough ventilators what kind of words mm -hmm. uh, how, how how important is it that we, we we shouldn't abandon our elderly right now especially right now well we've we've got to make sure that those difficult decisions we're making about apportioning our healthcare resources which are limited i mean the truth is there are going to be some places where we simply cannot provide the type of care that everybody needs. Um, so we're going to have to focus that care on, on some people. But let's make sure that we're not making those decisions just because patient X is elderly or patient Y has a disability. Um, let's be more concerned about, um, you know, who's got, the, who's got the greatest possibility of being helped, uh, by these, who's, who's got the best chance for recovery, um, and and nursing homes <laughs> right now oh, are boy. Uh, they're ground zero. They're the epicenter. Um, if one person in a nursing home gets this infection, the whole place is going to get it. And 
there's going to be a lot of casualties from that. Um, so let's make sure that we are supporting and encouraging uh, people that we know who work in those contexts. Um, right now, a lot of nursing homes are absolutely closed down to visitors. Even pastors. So even pastors, um, even family. And uh, people who live in nursing homes often feel isolated, marginalized, and forgotten. And that's because sometimes they are. They are abandoned uh, by the people around them. Um, man, they, they live for those in-person visits that they get, and those, uh, those are being denied right now. So how can we shore that up? Do we have uh, elderly relatives? Do we have homebound members in our congregation? Let's reach out to them even more so than we normally do, um, video conferences or telephone calls or sending cards and letters um, care packages, those sorts of things. Or you um, see people dropping by a first story window and just kind of talking to them through the window. You know, all those things are helpful. Yeah, man, get creative. Absolutely. Um, but but I, especially... I tell you, though, Pastor Salamik, I it annoys me that you have people in the nursing home that desire the Lord's Supper, that are shut off from the community generally, and that our pastors have to sit here and stay away. I mean, it, frankly, it makes me, I probably shouldn't say this publicly, uh, but I would personally break through a window to go give an elderly person the Lord's Supper, especially if they're in danger of, of you know, being near the end. Right, um, and especially especially if those folks have um, specifically requested that. And, and I can recall times when I was in the parish um, – I served in a, a large community during the, the swine flu epidemic. You can remember that went through maybe 10 years ago or so. Sure. And uh, we on the pastoral staff, we, we were pretty bold about not worrying <laughs> about facility regulations. They weren't as strict at that time. Sure. But, but I guess what I'm getting at is, you know, can't somebody wheel these folks outside somewhere where we could add from, I mean, you can have create safe distances. You know, I went to the store yesterday, and there was a six there's a six foot barrier between me and the cash mm-hmm. register. Can't we have a right, sort of right. similar barrier between myself and someone in a wheelchair that I might? I mean, there seems to me that that yeah. we need to fight for, for these things. You know, pastors are used to putting on uh, masks and gloves and gowns to visit people. We're more than happy to do that sort of thing. But but I would encourage folks to to exert some pressure um, in that regard, especially our pastors, but. Um, but if you have elderly relatives to talk to the folks in those facilities and say, Hey, you know, um, we don't want the cure here to be worse than the problem. <laughs> Is there any way that we can think of a creative way maybe for me to just spend some time, you know, 15 minutes even, uh, to offer some encouragement, some comfort. Absolutely. Um, but, but even short of that, all the more so that we should be using our digital means, our telephones, our emails and, those sorts of things sure. to get in contact. Don't, don't abandon our elderly. Um, and that's maybe even the most crucial thing at this time. Um, we just got about a minute and a half, a couple minutes here left. Uh, any final words? Uh, would have loved to talk a little bit more about abortion, but it seems like the elderly situation is, is really kind of front and central right now. Mm-hmm. But uh, any comfort or courage, you know, people are suffering out there when you consider, you know, um, how we view the the life that our Creator gives. Any final words of comfort that we might that we you might give to our um, to give ever all of our listeners as well as our students out there as we go forward through this. Oh well, there's there's two things. Number one, 
um, the fact that we continue to blink, that we continue to breathe, um, is evidence that God values the sanctity of our lives, right? Amen. Jesus has died on the cross to take away our sins, um, to remove the cause of brokenness from creation. And for that reason, we continue to exist. We are here because of God's grace. And if you can feel the breath in your lungs, then you know God loves you, and he knows how to take care of what belongs to him. Um, the, every, he, he numbers every single coronavirus particle and knows exactly where it is, and it doesn't go anywhere without his say-so. Hmm. Um, secondly, um, let's remind ourselves to, to rest in the hope of resurrection, that this life is not the end-all and be-all for us. It is just a dress rehearsal for the new creation and the everlasting heavenly kingdom. Um, so let's live out those, uh, those gifts and those habits that God has given to us that are going to last forever um, in, in our faith, in, in the word of God, um, in prayer and in concern for one another and for our neighbors, because the day is coming when God is going to remove all sickness, all suffering, all mourning, and all death from among us. And uh, Lord, hasten that day. Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. Come quickly. Hey, thank you for taking the time, Pastor Salamink, for uh, for uh, being with us today. And God, continue to bless you on your ministry and mission with Lutherans for Life and uh, keeping these important matters in front of us. You take care. It has been a delight. Thank you very much for the chance. That's all we have time for here today in the Student Union. Check out the archives of this program at kfuo.org. Learn more about LCMSU at lcmsu.org. And remember, college is tough. You need Jesus, we'll help.